Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. Delighted to talk sports with you, as always. We have a great show planned for you today. Talking NFL college football, the first playoff rankings uh, with Matt Wittenberg, my buddy there. We're going to break down everything with the first ranking. Cincinnati at 6, Oklahoma at 8. Uh, some Big Ten teams up there, two SEC teams in the top two. He talks about the uh, sad state of his Arizona State football program. We pick some games and talk a little NFL as well. And then I talk UFC with Jennifer Hanna. She's the MMA expert, one of them on this show, and she is going to break down the fight card we just saw. This week's uh, UFC 268 pay-per-view coming up, Covington and Usman, the rematch. Rose and Wele, the rematch, Gaethje Chandler, and we break down some UFC Halloween costumes as well. It's a football and MMA-filled show on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's get it going. All right, now in the Money Mitch Effect, back again. It's been far too long, but we're, we're doing some recaps and instant analysis here. It's Matt Wittenberg to talk college and pro football. Matt, thanks for joining the show, and uh, I know it's been a while, and I promise I didn't, you know, I, this has nothing to do with how your team's doing your appearance on here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, totally understandable. A little bit of a little bit of a down weekend in, uh, for my NFL and uh, respective college teams, but hey, so NFL teams looking pretty solid mm-hmm. despite the one loss now, so... Uh, Putting a lot of good uh, good vibes into that department. Not so much in the college department, though, for no. ASU's prospects the rest of the season. But hey, can't have it all. So uh, I'll be uh, I'll be happy with a good Cardinal season. Hopefully, we'll get we're gonna get to the Cardinals in a sec. But uh, we're recording this, you know, what five ten minutes after the college football playoff rankings came out, and uh, I don't think many people were expecting <laughs> what the top ten was, at least from the outside. It was Georgia one, Alabama two followed by Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati at 6, Michigan, undefeated Oklahoma at 8, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame rounding out the top 10. A little bit of a shocker, a couple of different surprises in there. Wait, what was the first thing that stood out to you looking at this rankings being unveiled? Um, well, two things. I think the first thing that you have to pay attention to is Obviously, college football is darling. Cincinnati falling outside of the top four, even with the undefeated record and the great Notre Dame win that they have on their resume. So just goes to hammer home the point that the committee is not going to give any margin of error to the group of five teams whatsoever. And as good as Cincinnati's been, they unfortunately don't control their own destiny. They need some things to break their way in order to make it in. And I mean, not to say that it's impossible, but certainly an uphill battle the way it looks right now. And then the second thing that also really stuck out was them dropping Oklahoma to eight despite being undefeated. And Oklahoma hasn't really looked sharp much of this year at all. Last week is their first real week where they got it going with uh, Caleb Williams sort of taking the reins and making that team his own. But before that, they barely snuck out of Lawrence with the win against Kansas. Should have lost to Texas, too, so... That was really interesting, especially with uh, Oklahoma being one of the name brands in college football. You, they didn't really get the benefit of the doubt on that one. No, they didn't. And uh, just looking at how they rank these teams, I think the theme was how you looked necessarily more than mm-hmm. your ranking. And Oklahoma has not looked good all season. I think eight also speaks volumes about the conference, the state that the Big 12's in, that that was their top right. undefeated team. 
and you know they they're barely getting a sniff right now. Cincinnati, the number two team in the AP poll, is number six in this uh, <laughs> in this ranking, which is pretty jarring. But you know you look at how they've done the last couple weeks. The committee has a standard now that they're setting that if you're not a group of five team or maybe a group of four, if we don't count the Big 12 in there, but if you're not in that upper echelon, you have to look damn impressive every single week you're out there or you're going to get dinged for it. I think they're, the argument that Cincinnati can make that I think is somewhat justified is, well, who really has been fully impressive of that 4-5 range? Oregon, Ohio State, where Ohio State's best win is a Penn State team with three losses and Oregon has the loss and has looked sluggish, you know, needed OT to beat Cal. Those things, those things mm-hmm. matter too. But I think where Cincinnati started, I think uh, means it's an uphill battle for them. That said, though, there is a, a pretty clear path for them to get to the playoff because I don't see all these teams running the table, specifically Oregon. Like that would be the one ahead of them that I think. And you have Ohio State, Michigan State playing each other as well. So I don't think Cincinnati should be all doom and gloom just yet. No, I agree. And then the big thing, though, will be if there are those two SEC giants if mm-hmm. they both end up in the playoff too, which, I mean, it looks like their paths are going to cross in Atlanta before, um, obviously before we get to uh, that last rankings unveiling. So that should be able to settle itself. But if Alabama ends up in mm-hmm. entering that game with yeah. one loss and then knocking off Georgia, then they're going to make it no questions. And then if Georgia's entering the SEC championship game undefeated, then, they're in no matter yeah. what too so mm-hmm. if either if both of those teams make it then that's that's a done deal as far as Cincinnati's concerned but well, you're yeah. right there's still a lot to be played out ahead of them as far as the two big big 10 teams that are up ahead of them and then I would be very very surprised if Oregon doesn't have another loss mm-hmm. come the end of the season I think they'd still have a chance because if Oregon doesn't go undefeated the rest of the way out Georgia, Alabama, Big Ten, and Cincinnati could be a field, especially where Oklahoma is ranked. But could you see a scenario, and I, I, I'm i not there yet, but I, I could based on this, where two-loss Alabama still gets in if they just dominate the rest of the way and lose a close one to Georgia? Yeah, I think a lot would have to depend on how that SEC championship game looks. but Or if Georgia happens to drop one again before drop or drop their first game before the SEC championship game, then that would certainly change things too. But I mean, Alabama is always going to get the benefit of the doubt unless they yeah. lose another game before the SEC yeah. championship game. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Auburn ranked 12, so that would be their last you know big ranked chance to have a win there. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at just this last weekend in college football. We've talked about this before, but uh, another shining example of Jim Harbaugh not able to win the big one. (laughs) Yeah, when it was all laid out for him, too. And, I mean, this would have been by far his biggest signature win at Michigan, being on the road, beating a top-five team, and uh, I guess a lesser rival since it's not Ohio State, but that game still matters to Michigan. So it's just... Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be able to shake that moniker at all I mean, unless he happens to beat Ohio State this year by some mm-hmm. miracle, which, I mean, it seems like a long shot to me. I mean, I just don't understand, and props to Kenny Walker the third, uh, five touchdowns, incredible mm-hmm. Heisman finalist for sure at this point. But Michigan had this game won, and I don't understand him juggling quarterbacks. Like, that that was what was insane no. to me. and. I think it, in a lot of ways, cost them the game with their defense's inability to stop the run. 
Michigan's offense was rolling with McNamara in there, but he kept juggling it. I, I don't understand, and uh, I feel like this is what happens in these big games because say what you want about Michigan, I certainly have. But they're in a lot of these games that he hasn't won. Yeah, yeah. And when your team's leading 30-14 to 14 in the third quarter, you expect to finish that game with a win. So it's just, yeah, a real baffling decision, especially on the road when you know that margin for error is really, really thin a team that's really hyped up to play you. so, And then playing the best running back in the country, too. So you know that they're going to be able to move the ball eventually, especially once that defensive line gets worn down. So it was, yeah, it was the perfect storm to blow it, that's for sure. <laughs> He's going to, if he loses to Ohio State again, which he most likely will, Harbaugh can go 10-2. and two beating all the teams he's supposed to, but not his rivals. And, you know, another, <laughs> that's essentially who he is as a coach at this point where it's, mm-hmm. it's solid, but what did Michigan think they were getting? Um, you know, that, that being said, that was a story as well as just the, the Georgia Bulldogs destroying Florida. Um, they, they are, they are a freight train, especially when they get that lead. It was that sluggish slow start for their offense, but but this team gets a lead, and everybody on the defense looks like they're going to the NFL, and they just don't give you a sniff at all to move the ball against them. Yeah, they are far and away the most impressive team in the country, and that's even with like a I – w- I wouldn't call their offense bad, but it's just it's definitely not a world-beater offense. And Stetson Bennett definitely fits more of, I guess, like the game manager type mold where mm-hmm. he's not going to make the big mistakes and cost the team, but he's not going to like – throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns either so it's really yeah just a testament to how dominant that defense is it's been a while since we've seen one like that in college football especially with the uh, new age of offense and the spread and these quarterbacks putting up video game numbers so it's really a, a throwback and just like you said a testament to each guy out there and all of that stockpiling of five stars is finally coming to fruition for them down there Looks like uh, Kirby Sparts got his by far best chance to win a title. Yeah, I really do believe that in another year he might be leaning more on on, uh, JT Daniels, but, uh, you know, game manager is probably all you need with this defense. And then Bennett makes some big throws as well. On the other side, it's Florida that they're, you know, they're 500, and you got Dan Mullen getting into it with reporters about asking him in season recruiting questions. Just a messy scenario down in Gainesville. Yeah, this the writing seems to be on the wall with that one. There's a pretty damning article that the athletic published with a bunch of sec coaches quoting that they just, that he doesn't get it. And Mm -hmm. recruiting is the name of the game. Like doesn't matter where you're coaching in college football. And if you're not going to be able to sell recruits to come there, there's plenty of other options in the, in, in the same state, not to mention like the same region for kids to go. So it's uh, not a good look at all. I feel like that, especially depending on how they finish up the season. I could see them losing to FSU last week of the season, and that would be, I mean, ultimate, like, curtain call for Dan Mullen, which, I mean, that seems to be the direction that it's going right now anyway. More with Matt Wittenberg here on the Money Mitch Effect. Uh, A team that won and didn't do it in the most impressive way, at least by my standards, Ohio State over Penn State at uh, a score of 33-24 to 24 at home. And it was, to me, it was all about, I mean, there's positives you can look at this thing. The defense actually played one of their better games of the season. It was nice to see them, especially in the second half, clamp down. Red zone offense was brutal. Fourth down offense was brutal as well. Things to clean up, and, and they have to reach that next level to compete for a national championship. But it was still a win-over-ranked opponent, so you can't be, 
you know, you have to take these unimpressive wins at times would be my thought. Yeah, it seems like Penn State always gets up for this one, too. And um, Sean Clifford was back a little bit more healthy than he was last week when they somehow lost to Illinois, which um, was one of the great all-time meme games of in college football <laughs> history of conversions. the nine overtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's a uh, – I mean, I I don't think that you can really take that win for granted. I, Penn State's still a talented team, but uh, – I'll tell you what, though, Travion Henderson really, really impressed me. And it seems like he's sort of turned the corner this season, too. And they're going to need to lean on him a little bit down the way with uh, C.J. Stroud not necessarily having the most experience. So that's really, really good to have. I mean, I feel like there's one every year, but just the next uh, Buckeye running back in mm-hmm. the line. It's certainly nice to special, have. special, though. It's certainly nice to have. And with some big games looming against teams in the state of Michigan, they're they're going to be run heavy and, and like you said give Stroud that extra you know weapon to have and also take some of the pressure off we also had two SEC games that were what I would call in that like Vegas trap zone that both proved to be traps you had <laughs> you had Auburn as a favorite over Ole Miss you have Mississippi State as a favorite over a ranked team in Kentucky Mississippi State won going away Auburn kind of pulled away late as well that's that's why you know they know what they're doing and those SEC teams that you know, as much as we like to crown for deserved reasons, Bama and Georgia, the middle of that conference almost can beat each other up on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. And then Matt Corral getting hurt certainly didn't help Ole Miss. And then Lane deciding to go for it, like on every fourth down, also didn't help. So <laughs> no, just, the, the late yeah. train take it, the late uh, train give it. So, yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're bound to see one of those every at least once a season from him. And, Auburn's a, a tough out, especially when they're at home. They're yeah. sometimes lose inexplicable games, but they've got a lot of talent on that team. So, yeah, it's a interesting middle of the conference, like you said. And then, yeah, Mississippi State, I like never know what to expect with them, <laughs> no. especially with uh, Mike Leach at the helm. And it really looked like that Kentucky, this was going to be their year to push for like a New Year's Six game, and I guess they might might still be able to make it. But that's just a really big dent into the resume right now yeah the uh bo nicks experience is the other side of that coin it's just like if they cannot if you <laughs> yeah. can just not blow these games they have a real good chance uh no the, and the heisman race is huge because corral's injury walker into the fray if walker gashes the buckeyes and they win that game he's probably winning the heisman but corral's got a date with mm-hmm. texas a&m bryce young if he has that tear up game against auburn i think that's you know they all have their they all have their dates, their chances where they can really make the claim of the award. So I think that's going to be a fun race for the Heisman. Uh, and then the last thing before we look at some games uh, this coming week, I'll put my conspiracy hat on. I think, what would I do? What's What would I do if I lost another game? I'm a 500 team and I just lost to Baylor. I think I just float the most ridiculous story I can think of. And that's Texas football this year. <laughs> Would that story happen to involve an emotional support monkey? I mean, do you think this comes out if they're 8-0 or 7-1? I don't know. Maybe not. Probably not, no. I feel like they find some way to keep that quiet. And then I, was, I can't remember who sent the tweet, but uh, it was hilarious and absolutely true. It's like when you're in the SEC, the monkey story doesn't get out. So a yeah. little bit of a learning curve for Texas in their new uh, when they move on to their new league. But, yeah, um, Seven wins Stark, looking like he's going to live up to his name this year. So it's an unfortunate start for him out there. And there was a pretty solid team that Dave Rand has really uh, turned them around since uh, taking over that last year. So they got that big win over BYU the week before. 
yeah, Waco is not always the t- easiest place to go into to play, but you expect more out of Texas and Bijan Robinson especially. I'll give them a little bit of a break for year one, Sark. You know, it's by year three that you really got to see the tangible results. So I don't think it's it should be doom and gloom, especially given, you know, a lot that's gone on. But, yeah, they just they, they looked a lot more promising early on this uh, – early on, I should say. So there's some good games this week, with as we know. Maction's back starting tonight, which I, I'm all up for. We're going to be watching Mac football all through the month of November. Can't, can't, can't miss an opportunity to plug the Maction. No, not at all. It's the Tuesday night highlight. That's for sure. I guess there's a baseball game tonight, but I mean, I checked out on that. <laughs> yeah, no quick uh, thoughts on the World that, Series. So. <laughs> no quick thoughts on the World Series. Obviously, I mean, it's the it's it's Braves over over Astros any day of the week for you. Obviously, yeah, absolutely. Like I I can't ever support the Astros in in any game or endeavor. Mm. Moving on, so. But I also wouldn't be like super happy for the Braves to win either since they beat the Dodgers. But it's just like anyone over the Astros at this point. <laughs> Anybody over the Astros. Uh, I also want to point out, too, as we look at games, it just came to my attention. Uh, one of the games this week is Miami and Georgia Tech. I looked at the ACC standings the other day. It's the most mediocre thing I think I've ever seen. What's going on in the ACC this year? You have Wake Forest. Props to them for staying undefeated. But... Man, there are so many teams in that 500, one game above, one game below ranking. Yeah, this is the argument that we would have every year, too, with how bad the ACC was, where if it weren't for Clemson, they would be the worst Power 5 league. And that actually came to fruition this year with Clemson taking that massive backslide. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't think either of us are very very surprised about how bad the league is. Maybe we're surprised with how bad – Clemson has ended up in looking, but just not with how bad that league as a whole is. And I mean, good for Wake. Though. I'm I'm fully on board for them to run the table. I don't think it's very likely that they do, but I mean, they they don't have a ton to cheer for down there. Chris Paul's gone. Tim Duncan's <laughs> gone. So oh so yeah, why not em- embrace the Demon Deacons? Not and then, well, Pitt can't get yeah. out of their own way and no, drop that, was... that home game to Miami. So yeah. Yeah, Manny Diaz uh, is going to be rough. there. Manny Diaz is going to be there for a long time. I don't think Miami likes it. You know, they were thought they could make it move <laughs> on with their number sixty recruiting class or whatever. Uh, as I was going to say, there wasn't there isn't that many big profile games after last week going on this week. I think Tennessee Kentucky is interesting. Tennessee's looked better. This is Kentucky's chance to see you know if they can make that run. A uh, big one there, and then also we just talked about Texas, but Iowa State with the big win over undefeated last week Oklahoma State. They play Texas, and that's a game that I think both coaches feel like they have to have. Yeah, yeah, two really good. I guess I wouldn't necessarily say under the radar ones, since like you're right, there aren't like really any ranked matchups this week. But yeah, two big ones, especially if Kentucky drops that one to Tennessee. That's three losses in a row, so that really derails potentially how big their season could be. And then Josh Heupel looking good. The ball is actually have a pulse on offense for the first time. It feels like in I don't know three or four years. So refreshing to see for our mutual friend Sean Solden Mm -hmm. and then um, Jack Trice tough place to play so I I think that Iowa State wins that one in Texas I mean I don't know I really hope that the Iowa State fans bring it with the uh, the monkey gate scandal maybe see some signs or something like that so that that should be an interesting (laughs) interesting road environment for them Auburn A&M is the best game of the week. It should be a, a very classic one uh, that I'm looking forward to watching at College Station. Uh, and then you also have to bring up Michigan State. I know they had that big win, but they go to Purdue. 
couple point favorite on the road. That's a tricky place to play as well. So there's some good games. You know, we got a lot to go on. Uh, last thing, I'll give you a chance because they're they're back home playing USC this week in a battle between two just disappointing teams this year. How bad is it in your Arizona State level of where the program is and the direction that you think that they don't have right now? Yeah, it's it's a really tough look. Just going back two weeks to the Utah game, that was the most disheartening second half I've ever seen. Like, no heart or effort or energy whatsoever. Like, you were up 21-7 to on the road and let a team reel off, what, four straight touchdowns, whatever it ended up in being, without putting up a fight. It was yeah, that was that was supposed to be like a statement, like we're the we're the team to beat in the South. We we have reasonable aspirations and laid an egg, and then have a bye week, and then come back with that effort against Washington State, a team that just fired its coach and what four other assistants too, and has like a ragtag coaching staff right now. And you you're at home for that game, and yeah, it's. It's really disheartening, for sure, and especially with the team that's supposed to have so much like senior leadership and upperclassmen all across the board, uh, like three-year starter at quarterback, and to like look like you don't even care is just the worst part. Like it's a diff- it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to not have the effort. And I think that ties back to coaching, which is what's the most disappointing. And then, I mean, there's the off-field stuff with like the recruiting scandal and uh, the next year's recruiting class isn't looking great so it's going to be really interesting to see how they finish out the season and if they come out and lay an egg against the usc team that just lost drake london and isn't that good either then then you have a real issue and i i don't understand the eight and a half point uh spread on that one either i think it'll be a lot closer than mm. that so it's, <laughs> it's going to be interesting especially since like so many of the guys are from southern california too on the asu team so if they can't get up for that then they can't get up for anything down the road. And then it's then the writings on the wall that you need to make a coaching change, which I mean, it might already be there to be honest. So it's a, yeah, pretty, pretty uh, iffy state of the program. All right. Well, good. It's still available. uh, If you want to go check that out, but no, I feel your pain. (laughs) I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes these tough decisions have to be made, but you you never want to see a team with no fight. And that's what unfortunately looks like we're seeing. Uh, Matt Wittenberg here on the Money Mitch Effect, switching to the NFL. I mean, it was a loss last week, but your team was undefeated, the last team to go, the Arizona Cardinals, before they lose their first game. And, you know, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers are great. I think it was the way that we talked about this, the way that they lost on that last play of the game uh, would be the, the heartbreaking thing on Thursday. But still just one loss, <laughs> trying to get everybody healthy, which I think everyone's on track to. Uh, of the offensive side of the ball, but did you wake up just in a cold sweat, or did you start sweating when you saw the Von Miller trade to the Rams? Yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty much the first thing I saw on Twitter that morning. So I was like, "Oh, cool, this is happening." So, yeah, it's uh, that's what the Rams do. They they don't put a premium on their draft picks. They go out and get high end talent. And I mean, Von Miller the last couple of years hasn't been he's. He's not like 2015 Von Miller anymore, but like he certainly doesn't make your team any worse, which is, I mean, all they need from him is just to be that like supplemental pass rusher to like free up Aaron Donald on more one-on-one, which I yeah. think he's probably still capable of doing. I, obviously, I hope he doesn't because we're in the same division and the Rams haven't lost any other games other than the one to uh, to the Cardinals. So I'm sort of hoping more of the uh, regression from Von Miller, but I'd I, wouldn't count on it happening um 
Yeah, it's it's a tough division right? yeah. at the top. I think yeah. we're lucky that the Seahawks and 49ers have been struggling because at the beginning of the season, it looked like it was going to be murderers row the whole way yeah. through. Yeah, no, it, it did, and I think that's what makes this fascinating is you got play, you got good organizational structure. They went about it in a little different ways. A lot of trades for the Rams, a lot of big free agent splashes and drafting through the Cardinals, but you also have the unknown and the unproven. Can Cliff and Kyler get it done in into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened yet. Stafford, I know, is is doing well. Let's see what happens here as this goes along. And and the Rams, you know, they've been doing what they can, but the schedule's been as easy as possible the last couple weeks. So I think that part has helped them too. So it's going to be a collision course the rest of the way. I also think the bigger picture of the NFC is there is a clear cutting off of from the top to the bottom. I mean, the halves to the have-nots. That top four or five, I mean, any one of them, I think, could make a Super Bowl run. I mean, you're basically five yeah, deep at the top. Yeah, very, very top-loaded. And then, I mean, the Bucks should drop that one last week inexplicably to uh That seems Trevor like a Simeon tough matchup, though. It, so. seems like the, it seems yeah. like the Saints just have, you know, Peyton is a heck of an offensive coach, and it seems like they have their number in the regular season, at least. Um, and then sure. I, and yeah. I honestly think, I mean, the Cowboys beating the Vikings with Cooper Rush. I know it's the Vikings, and they're not, you know, exactly playing well. But this this could be Dallas's year. Now I know I could set them up for failure, but they are uh, as good as any team in the NFC. Yeah, especially as long as uh, Dak comes back healthy, then you have to like their chances as much as anyone. So, um, guys good of weapons as anyone except maybe Tampa. So I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if they make. A late, I think it's the second to last week of the season. The Cardinal and Cowboys play, and depending on Ooh. how things shake out, that could be a game to decide um, yeah. that, that first seed in the NFC. So, obviously, a long way to go un- until we get to that point. But just some uh, some really good matchups looking down the line. Yeah, with uh, with the Packers, especially losing the first game and then getting back into it, the the more you hear and read, I, I don't doubt Rodgers as a professional to kind of just compartmentalize what went on in the off season. It sounds more and more like you know with the shorter preseason that was basically their their training game, <laughs> you know. So it's almost yeah, like you have yeah, to throw exactly. week, you have to throw week one out for a lot of these teams, which you normally do in the NFL, but I think even more so now. Um, but, uh, all right, I'll, you know, we got to bring it up cause we're doing this, but Brown Steelers was the worst three hours of my life. Maybe up there, <laughs> up there. You sat through all of that, huh? I sat through all of that. And that was, I just, I wanted time back more than anything. That was the first thought that I had when that game ended. Like, why can't I just have those three hours to just, you know, go rollerblading or apple picking or something. <laughs> Some kind of fall activity. Yeah. Just something. yeah that's, that's a rough one. Uh, and you alluded to, and we were talking about the game a little bit before too, about just Baker Mayfield doesn't seem like he has it. Like, if uh, he wants uh, to be the four hundred million dollar guy, then yeah. you're gonna have to show him. Like, yeah, I know he's dealing with the injuries and everything, like that. and then I guess well, the whole team is pretty injured at mm-hmm. this point. But yeah. you still need to do a little more. Conklin injury was huge. He was first team All Pro mm-hmm. in that line, and and you know arm injuries. You know, more guys getting hurt. I get that. And I want to be clear. I want to, you know, now that I've calmed down, we talked after the game and I was in a, <laughs> a bit of a rage there. So I'll be I'll be clear with it. Uh, there, That game was awful all the way around. Stefanski coached just a brutal game. Punting when, when the team doesn't right. have a kicker was just insane to me. You know, at midfield, fourth and one, mm-hmm. I mean, you're spooked out that they stopped you on a previous one. 
And no, it was not Baker's. He was not the main reason that they lost that game. You could point to a bunch of different things. Jarvis Landry, a fumble, a big drop, the offense not going. They got beat up in the trenches. The defense wilted in the second half. A lot of those things did happen. But here's the thing. If you want to be the guy, and I know Cleveland has kind of been, been, been the opposite of spoiled. They've been ruined by the fact that they haven't had anyone close to being good to mediocre. And Baker is at that level. But, hey, mm-hmm. if you want to be the guy, and you could show me all the graphs about how guys dropped it and it's not his fault and all this, which people that defend someone will do, but this was another opportunity for him to go win a game, and it didn't happen for whatever reason. You know, the great ones will win these games, will prove that they can do it. We scored 10 points against the Steelers team. That isn't very good, which was the most frustrating part, is that they're not you know, the apex Steelers exactly. that I was used to. Yeah. And, no, $30 million is what he's asking price is, is rumored to be. Dak got 40 I think he wants close to that. But I don't know how any football team could justify giving that much money, that much of their salary allocation to that guy based on the results that put him closer on par to Jimmy Garoppolo than it does to Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you're in a tough division, too, so he's going to have those chances the rest of the way to prove that he deserves it so starting next week a road game against the Bengals who yeah. just lost to the Jets inexplicably so yeah. like they're not they're Thanks not a lot, Survivor cured. Pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I had them too so that was unfortunate great day so great, it's a great day of football and that is really like a for the Brown I mean the Bengals too but the Bengals weren't necessarily I don't think expected to kind of be in the mix this far along right if Browns lose this game, they're four and five, and it's not looking good, you know, because this wild card race, the the AFC is a little different. I don't think it's that top heavy. I think the Bills look like the the top team or one of them. Derrick Henry's injury hurts the Titans, but there's a lot more teams in the mix than I would say the NFC, and it's going to be tough even with seven to get that spot. The Patriots are winning now. Um, I mean, there's a tragedy obviously with the Raiders, but they're doing better this year. The Chiefs aren't going to go quietly into the night, so the Browns need to start winning some games. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. That middle is really, really muddled right now in the AFC. Not a whole lot of separation. So the margin for error isn't necessarily as slim, but you have more teams like vying for those spots too. So it's going to be interesting how it shakes out, especially in the AFC North. It doesn't seem like any team is very consistent. Even the Ravens have had some inexplicable down games so far this season. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, they still can be had too. And you're right about, uh, Henry's injury changing the Titans' outlook the rest of the season. They they have a big one against the Rams um, this coming week, so we'll see how that shakes out. But that should be a pretty telling game uh, I mean, either way. They've pretty much got the division locked up, beating the Colts twice. It's hard. It's crazy to say that yeah. already, but yeah, that that's a huge one for them. I just hope it's just an injury that happens, not like a wear and tear injury, because Henry's been just a beast for so long. Want him to keep you know keep going along. And, uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's something special. The other thing, too, is that the, the Chiefs are <laughs> – this is going to be something to monitor. Now the schedule gets hard. They barely snuck by the Giants at home. We've got some issues on that squad. Yeah, 100%. And I saw the stat a few times today that they don't play a team that's under 500 right now the rest of the way. So, obviously, some teams at like five, like the Broncos are at 500. So, that'll be – Probably their Easters are the two that they have against Denver. But next week against the Packers, that's a huge one. Good old uh, Super Bowl uh, one and two rematch there. So that'll be fun. Uh, and I kind of hope that the Chiefs win. So it helps uh, give the Packers another loss in that the top of the NFC pecking order. But, yeah, their defense is 
been their problem the last like year or so, but especially compounded this year. And then just, I don't know what it is with the offense with Mahomes is trying to do too much or just like the offensive, I don't know if it's the offensive line, but they definitely don't have a running game right yeah. now either. So it's squarely on his shoulders, which is not the position. You, he's the most talented quarterback in the league, but you don't want to have everything riding on him. Yeah, it just seems like they're taking away the, the deep ball as more as anything and making them march down the field, which they can still do, but you open up the opportunity for your defense to make a play, get that big sack, a fumble, a turnover, which we've seen, and, and their defense still looks a little rough when they can't get to the quarterback. But having said that, I mean, just I, I'm, I'm exclusively on the Manning cast every week. It's just the best way to watch a game. When my, <laughs> when my team's playing, it's a little different, but... But I want a game on in the background and to watch it still. I, I want to watch it that way. I mean, Peyton saying that his dad's stud feed went up to John Stewart was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've seen. That was great. That was great. Yeah, I've, the only time I didn't tune in was uh, week one, but ever since I've, been, I've had oh. it on lock. And last week was obviously a banner oh. week with it, uh, Marshawn. And I mean, um, it's Tom better. Lee. It's better when there when there's bad teams, bad quarterback plays. When Peyton just looks disgusted, and they're, they're you know they should be on call for just a bad game. Just bring them yeah, into a 100%. bad game and have them to have them chop it up because it's almost better to hear that. And the guests have been great. It's just it's a funny, good way to watch for sure. And the brother dynamic is great with Peyton just talking over the little brother. Yeah, and then obviously Eli getting the digs in on the uh, big head and all that. <laughs> oh, I like the one a lot on uh, the picture of him like coaching Kiwi and Eli being like, "What do you need the wristbands for to call those plays?" <laughs> so yeah, it's a very very complex offense. Yeah, coaching uh, his son's uh, Peewee team. It's but yeah, it, it's great uh, great stuff. I hope they really hope they keep this thing going. Me too, me too. Uh, last thing before we get going here, just looking at some games this week. Uh, NFL slate, I wouldn't say it's the strongest, but you mentioned Browns, Bengals. Browns uh, on the road as underdogs, about three-point standard line. I just, I, I need to see more from the offense. I mean, that's that's where I'm at right now. Got to put up points. Got to. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. So with the injuries to the skill guy, this certainly doesn't help. And then, Baker's still dealing with the shoulder injury, so that's going to be a tough one. It's going to be interesting. The real wild card, though, is how does Cincinnati bounce back mm -hmm. after the abysmal effort against the Jets, though. Seems like they might still be trying to learn how to win, so I could definitely see Cleveland sneaking in and stealing that game. I feel like Jamar Chase is going to get his. The mm -hmm. Burrow Chase show is probably going to go on, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I definitely think that that shoulder is just not going to fully heal until surgery that's going to put him on the shelf for like four months. So he's going to have to manage the pain and try not to get hit too much. Uh, better, easier said than done in the NFL. Uh, Absolutely. Green, Green Bay, Kansas City, uh, the the premier afternoon game with the Chiefs. That game is basically an even pick em game, and uh, we'll see. I, I will say, though, that Desperate teams. I mean, if the Chiefs have any, like this is going to be, I would think that in the locker room, they're saying, look, we're home. We're starting it. We need to have this one. They're, I feel like they're going to come out and, and give their best shot offensively. I just have my doubts on the defensive side of the ball against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think I this has all the makings of a shootout for sure. I, the Packers defense did play pretty well against the Cardinals and held up most of that game, but their secondary is not anything special, especially – if uh, Jair Alexander isn't back for this one. So I think that you're right that they're going to game plan specifically for Mahomes to have his best game of the year. And I think that 
having Aaron Rodgers on the other side will probably bring up the best in him. I think it will be close at the end, but uh, I still think that the Packers probably come away with this one, but really hoping that we get to see the Chiefs of old, especially for my uh, selfish reasons for wanting the Packers to lose another game. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to see how the football season shakes out. Matt Wittenberg, thanks for coming on the show. You, you do have one team to, to root on for your football watching. I mean, I know it's not two, but we can't be we can't be greedy. So you got one, and it looks like <laughs> I have one too. So uh, that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's right. You can't, can't have it all. So I'll take a playoff berth in the NFL uh, over uh, – whatever we get Sun Bowl or whatever the ASU ends up in sneaking into at the back end of the season. So yeah, beggars can't be choosers. It's cool. It's cool. We're not all, uh, we're not all Alabama and, um, Bucks fans. So Yankees, (laughs) (laughs) Yankees, you know, Tampa Bay lightning. Yeah. All the, just, you know, we can't have that. Uh, Matt Wittenberg, thanks for joining the money. Mitch effect. We'll be catching up soon. Of course, man. Always. All right, huge thanks to Matt Wittenberg, and that's why I record these voiceovers after the fact. That was obviously done before Aaron Rodgers got COVID positive. He's out this week at the very least, so that changes things in the Chiefs game. But nonetheless, thanks to Matt Wittenberg. We'll see how the college football playoff rankings keep going with some trap games this weekend as we make our push to bowl season and the playoffs. Thanks to Witt again. Now it's time to talk UFC with Jennifer Hanna. A lot to break down in the world of mixed martial arts. 267 was in Abu Dhabi. We got 268 coming up with a co-main of two title fights and uh, some Halloween thoughts as well. It's Jennifer Hanna now to talk UFC on the Money Mitch Effect. All right. Welcome now to our MMA talk here on the Money Mitch Effect with Jennifer Hanna, who's been on this show to make predictions. Some of them have been wrong. Most of them have been wrong. But she's back again. It's Rose Fight Week. It's Covington Usman, too. A lot of fighters you don't like are fighting this week. Thanks for joining the show to talk about them. <laughs> I love talking about fighters I don't like. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a... Uh, well, okay. We'll, we'll just start with this. Back-to-back pay-per-views. Interesting. Especially Can we call when, the one really a pay-per-view? Oh, so that's... So there's no... So you don't call that a pay-per-view? No, you, it was free. Yeah. But it was, fu- but it was a Fight Island show, and they, they it was free... In the sense of what it actually costs, so I guess technically, you know, and literally you're right, but it was a numbered card that was free, which is very weird. It was, I think it gets an asterisk. Why did they just not call it a fight night then? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Well, you know why? It was Fight Island because of the, the fighters that were on the card, and most of them were boring. <laughs> most of them were boring. I'm willing to admit that I might have been wrong, and you were right in one regard, and that's Khabib's influence on MMA is terrible, and we're going to see the effects of it. Can we rewind this? Uh-oh, that's terrible. Uh, Khabib, that's Khabib. I'm sorry, Um, I didn't mean it. (laughs) Can we, like, go back to the first episode that I was on? I'm pretty sure I said how terrible he was. And here we are, and (sighs) you're finally in agreement. I am. I am. Yeah, they're all just not. Well, Shemayev's different. I know he's not. Dagestani, I think. I think he's Chechen, which, I mean, I don't know him personally. I've heard the stories and the urban legends out there. He represents Sweden, which obviously makes sense. But 
That's the, the one thing that makes him different. <laughs> well, and I'm not even, we're not going to do a broad stroke here, but historically, Chechen soldiers have been known as the craziest or, or <laughs> across history. There's a lot of fight to the death mentality with them. Uh, and he is a monster. And and Henry Cejudo, another one of your favorite fighters, former <laughs> former that. you know Triple C, he said he's really like the boogeyman, and it's easy to see why. I, I think he, there's now if he's healthy, I don't know what the what the scale with the weigh in and everything. It looks a Isn't little sketchy. Isn't he welterweight? He goes back and forth. He goes Walter Middle. Like he had that oh, one fight where he fought like two times in what ten days or something. Won them both. And I only bring this up because he's got to stay healthy. He's got to make sure that he's someone that, you know, can fight. But he's when he's out there, to get called up. when he's out there, yeah. Anytime. I mean, I don't, depending on what happens with Kamaro this week and what Stylebender does with his division, he could be the toughest fight both of them has on the horizon. I'm not going to say that he hasn't fought like tough guys, but you do have to look at that. Like, when he mm -hmm. actually starts fighting, like, one through five, mm -hmm. will the fight look different? That's what I'm looking for. I agree. I just think that he's done. It, it's Khabib's path. Like, you fight guys that aren't strong at first. Part of it's Dana White and the UFC want to coddle some people with potential, which I get. You don't want them getting knocked out early. But he's done everything that he can do. He's just destroyed people in his wake. No, no he's done his job, and he's done it well. And I, I think that there's... All the hype is real. But let's see what happens when he fights one through five. The whole card, up uh, other than two fights, was basically decisions. And that's the Khabib effect, right? I mean, now the, la the second last one is it's in its own category. Obviously the best fight that we saw. But just so many, so many decisions. Are you referring to Teixeira? Yeah, no, that, that was not the best fight. That was a great ending. The best fight was Listen, I thought Peter it was, Jan I, I didn't think it was a terrible fight. I mean, he Look, handhandled Blahoyevic. Uh, Glover, Glover Teixeira, props to him. He rebuilt himself. I remember just getting into MMA, hearing about this guy. Maybe he's the guy that can challenge, you know, it was John Jones' rise too. Well, it turns out nobody can challenge John Jones except for himself. Las Vegas. Las Vegas can challenge John Did Jones. Did you notice that Cormier was, like, really, like, hyping up Teixeira? I mean, I think they have a history, uh, like, training history, but I think it was sort of, like, just an extra dig against John Jones. Yeah, that, that's part of it. I don't really know what's going on. I think John Jones might be calling me. No. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's part of it. I just don't like – well, I really appreciate how hard he worked. It makes me feel better about Anthony Smith, and he's – a smart fighter that has versatility, um, so props him on this journey. It doesn't say it doesn't say much about the UFC's light heavyweight division that this could happen, and that Bohowitz was terrible, terrible, and he admitted his uh, he admitted his. Yeah, he looked like a he looked like a rookie. I mean, he was just in deep waters and he couldn't get out, couldn't get up. Corey Anderson's out of the UFC. Teixeira is the champion. I just like. What does this division look like? Um, why can't I think of his name? The guy with the crazy hair that just destroyed Reyes in that fight uh, last year. Uh, I think he's Czech. We're gonna we're gonna get a ruling on this guy too. Oh, you talking about the guy Jerry? Yes. Oh, uh, yes. he was the backup in case one of those guys yes. missed weight. Yes. So I think he could be the one that maybe becomes the next great uh, 
fighter in this division. Well, think, he's definitely like 20 years younger than Tuchel. Yeah, you're Prochowska. He's Czech, right? Yeah, I have that right. Um, his photo is hilarious. He's got like a shaved head <laughs> crop look, and that is not what he looks like. And he's just been KOing people, including uh, Reyes and Ozdemir, who had another boring fight. That um, one was boring. But, no, I mean, Glover's good. Look, he 40, oldest first-time champion ever, uh, you know, finally got to the top of the mountain. I don't know what's next for them, but I want to give props to them. Also wanted to say, uh, Jan Sandhagen was a great fight, way better than I thought it would be. Sandhagen I didn't deserve it. We know that. Didn't deserve to be here, but he's turning into a great loser. Like, he's fighting <laughs> in losing efforts, even though I thought he beat Dillashaw. Uh, he's, he's, but the judges didn't. He's a great, you know complimentary piece losing in all these good fights he's got a fun style um jan didn't look his best but he did what he needed to do one i think four one in the rounds and you know, really put a beating on his him. aggressive his aggression in that fight was impressive like it didn't stop even for a fifth round where do you rank him on the not the brightest gfc fighter power rankings because i gotta a, think that's he's a long five. list it's a long <laughs> list but he's throwing his hat into the race i mean the fa- he's going after Sterling like he was the one that yeah, made like him he had throw it ridiculously. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's definitely up there on that list. No love? They're, they might be tied neck and neck. Uh, yeah, no love would be good. But um, no, I look, Peter Young's the best in this division. I firmly believe that. We'll see what happens because to be a champion, you can't just. You know, you got to be more consistent. I feel like something dumb might continue. Right, like how many times are you going to lose the belt and get an interim? And I I don't know. He seems like a nice enough guy, but I can't watch Islam Makachev fight. Like, I just can't do it. Because it's boring as it's hell. It's so boring. And, I, you know, Dan Hooker. I mean, maybe he needed man. the money. It's crazy that he gave, Por- he gave Poirier his toughest fight by far. Like, McGregor couldn't at all twice. But Dan Hooker won the first two rounds against him in a five-round fight. It makes you think that we're really looking at the next champion. As much as I hate it. But, yeah. Okay. Save your thoughts on that. Because I do think that there's part of it. There's a couple sides of this. And one side being that matchups are everything. And that close losses, unfortunately, don't get you anything. Like, Reyes thought he beat John Jones. Thought he should be the title. Then gets KO'd, brain unplugged style, in two fights. Um, all right, so that was 267. 268 is what we're going to get to. But uh, first, we're going to get to here on the Money Mitch Effect with UFC specialist Jennifer Hanna. Um, I need just quick reactions on yay, nay, yay or nay on the Halloween costumes. Uh, nay. <laughs> on all of them? Uh, all, the, all of them that I've seen. All right, Derek really Brunson just went like himself, basically. No. No? Not going to do it for you? No. The Holloway family. No. That was I can good. appreciate that. I mean, they're basically what? I don't even get the reference, but Thunderclap and Flash. My buddy Jose is going to kill me. He's not going to. Yeah, it's probably a comic show. Uh, All right, this is the big one Aladdin, Jasmine, (laughs) and what? The monkey. The the lioness, Amanda Nunez. They dragged that baby everywhere. And this, the, the look on that baby's face right here just tells you, like, she's over it. I mean, it's really funny. It's enough already, mommy. I mean the close the close up one there. <laughs> no, like that looks a little dangerous standing on the t- on the end there. Yeah, she's not, uh, you know, st- 
stable on her feet yet. She could fall right off. Here you go. There's a nice Pokemon with uh, Edson Barbo. Is that yeah, Bar- Barbosa? Okay, that's not bad. Not a bad one. Uh, Johnny Walker. I mean, this guy's a psycho for a lot of ways, but he went I mean, Joker. He, went, he showed up to a fight <laughs> with that with that look, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. Or was that Ian Kutalaba? Hey, speaking of the champ, we got uh, Sterling. You know, in a nice was that like an Egyptian look or something? Maybe. I think. Is that not like bad. Black Panther? Uh, John Jones just posted. I think he went a as. Shot? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he went as Michael Myers. <laughs> I don't know if he was in costume or not. Uh, there's a couple good ones left. Oh yeah, Francis Ngannou. Of course, you got to give love for the champ. Oh, okay. Or is he the oh, champ or the interim no, champ? He's no, not he's the champ. champ. Yeah, they he didn't. lost. Mm. Well, he didn't lose. Oh, listen, let's not get started. No, I know that's gonna get you going. Dillashaw with his kid is a good one. Cormier, is he a snake? <laughs> snake in the grass, actually. <laughs> Um, I there was one more one. Oh yeah, that's it, Carlos Perez. Oh <laughs> gosh, you made me look at it again. <laughs> no, so anyway, everyone had good fun on Halloween, so I think sure. that's good, you know. But some are just natural good costumes. I didn't show you the cyborg one. That was thank you. That that's a lot. That's she really loves Halloween. I think <laughs> that's what that means. Um, all right, well, two sixty eight. What are we thinking? Excited about this card or no? I. It's loaded. I know it's loaded with fighters that you don't like, but it is a loaded card, and they had to do it big for the. I think the re- yeah, definitely the return to Madison Square Garden since COVID. So yeah, I I mean the the Comain. You hate both. The Comain is Rose, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The Comain's I mean, Rose. Listen, I'm curious to see what she's gonna do. Can I just, mean, can we start with this. Every time UFC is in New York. New York City, well, maybe even the state of New York, there's some weird stuff goes on. And a lot of it has to do with, like, the judges, the doctors, the cage door just being open sometimes. The ref the letting re- a guy just kill, basically kill another guy oh, in the octagon. What about last week? Did you <laughs> see that? That guy was like, what are we? I was watching that like, this is insane. I don't know he if he knew what to do. I mean, look, I am not qualified to be a ref, but I mean, you're not either. But I feel like we could have stopped in. the fight. Like, I know how to stop a fight when I see someone's getting beaten up. <laughs> I can do that. That was brutal. Uh, but I do think MMA in New York, they were one of the last states to allow it, I, I believe. So they haven't really gotten caught up in speed. It's getting better. but Right. It's like brand new to them. So they go book wild. There's going to be some shenanigans. Uh, the one thing you look at with a fight card is, is there is there anything on the prelim card that catches your eye? And how's that first fight off the gate? So it's usually like that last prelim fight. The first fight is when it, you can kind of tell how deep a card is. And I'm pretty excited about this. It's funny that they got, you know, Mr. Real Estate Man, L.I. Quinta, on the uh, He's He's there <laughs> the every time. I think he just, like, lives at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I'm ready to fight. And you're not buying him. But, you know, the last fight on the prelim card is the Spartan, my Greek guy. You know, Andreas Michelaitis. I don't, I'm not sure I know him. He's like the only Greek fighter ever, uh, I think, pretty much. Well, that's much not in the true. There was, there was a Canadian fighter of Greek descent. Right. I'm sure since he was po- kicked out. Well, and, and Sakari's sure got, con- got a contract too whenever she retires, <laughs> oh, I think. She's ready to She's just ready to in. go. But that first fight on the main card is uh, Frankie Edgar's retirement fight? Probably. He's not winning. Right. There's no way he beats Marlon Vera. Like, no, because isn't Vera coming off a loss? Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, he he lost to Aldo, but he's fought since then. Oh, okay. 
He had the fight of the night. Yeah, it was that Davy Grant fight. Do you remember okay. that one? It was on the Korean Zombies last mm. fight. Mm. And another guy that's just fight of the night. King. No, that one has the potential to be pretty wild. Because both those guys throw. Yeah, Marlon's about 33. Frankie's about 40. Um, <laughs> has got 34 fights in the UFC. It's a lot. And his last fight mm, was Sandhagen, well. the flying knee. So I think this could be it for him, uh, but it's a good way for him to go out. Uh, there's, you know, Burgos and Quarantillo. I don't know too much about those in the featherweight division. It's a good chance to kind of draft their uh, lightweight fight. Gaethje and Chandler. I've never really been much of a Gaethje fan. Like, but like you're going to be the biggest him, Gaethje fan yes, I, that I you've ever wait. been. I can't wait for that one to me is probably one of the most exciting. Just because his style it's like just throw both their styles are zero to a hundred not backing up and chandler of all the fighters that you don't like probably has the most exciting style of all the fighters that you don't like uh i don't know if that's no. true i mean isn't he wrestler isn't he a wrestler he is a wrestler but he actually is like a i think it's more forward moving like he keeps the pressure on and he's not just trying to shoot or what would they say like grab crotches the whole time mm. well we know? saw what happened with Oliveira. He tried that, and it did not work out well. Oliveira, uh, who, who you know, is a jiu-jitsu guy, you know, Dos Bronx had to really, Dos Bronx had to really do, you know, work on some stuff, got so much better at striking, and has that hybrid, uh, hybridness, hybrid ability to actually strike, but then, you know, go to jiu-jitsu, and that's how he ends up getting a lot of finishes, too. Yeah, collects if, a lot of necks. Gaethje collects next, cashes uh -huh. checks. Yeah, Gaethje, uh, if he wins this, like he's been screwed over by oh, the totally. matchmaking game of all that's totally. happened in the division. Bad. He loses to Khabib's last fight, gets choked out. You know, they don't give him an interim shot or anything. He's just been on the sidelines since then, over a year. I think that Gaethje, if he wins, he's got the title shot. Like, it's his shot. It'll probably be in, like, April time next year. March, April next year. I but, agree with that. But if Chandler wins, then the UFC's got a conundrum on their hands. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. Mm, I I hope he's like... I kind of like Chandler in this fight. I know I'm, I'm probably wrong. Like, I wouldn't... I think it's worth looking at Chandler on this fight. He's fought more recently. I think he knows he's up against it. I kind of like him to pull. If we're going to see upsets, I think that's the one. Please, God, make this I just don't think his... <laughs> I don't think his chin's going to withhold... I That's a good point. Stand up Here's the Gaethje. thing with Gaethje, though, and and so he he's lost to Poirier, and that was when he kind of decided to change up how he was fighting. Tony Ferguson's been on his last legs, but Gaethje was the first one to really put him on his last legs. True. Couldn't finish him though, and that's because Tony's crazy. Mm -hmm. So oh, I wonder, I wonder how this goes. Three rounds. It's great that it's three rounds because I don't think we're gonna need it needed to be more than that. Probably not. I'll say Rose and and Wele, like. I have a feeling that this is going to go a lot like the Yolanda rematch, where it's not the flash knockout. Like, she got her the first time. Wele is going to adjust. I still think Rose is going to win, but I think this one's more along the war line. I just don't – before Wele fought, like, it was clear, and I'm saying this as a biased Rose fan, you even saw Usman say it. Like, they, they picked up – they studied the tape, and they picked up weaknesses. He said, oh, someone's getting knocked out, and they saw it, and it was a tape thing. Obviously, anybody with film is going to make those adjustments. I think a lot of the fighters really, um, there's there has to be a clear game plan 
And some fighters just go out there and that's go kinda wild off That's kind of like what did. Just she went out there and yeah, I think that's what happened. I mean, I don't remember exactly how early that head kick came. It's pretty in, early, but she had no, uh, she had no. There was no. Not there even, was nothing happening no. prior to that. So this is her chance to pick it back up. She's very fortunate that. I mean, we got to call a spade a spade, right? They just gave her the instant rematch. They don't do that all the time. True. Very lucky, especially when it was a clear knockout, <laughs> right? Like that. Like I mean, not contested. I mean, they the say Rose, a bunch of other fighters, they didn't get that immediate rematch. They had to win at least one fight before. So this is her last chance. I'm picking Rose to win, but I don't think it's going to be a finish this time. Hope I'm wrong, but I feel like we're going the distance. I'm. I ju- I w- I'm really interested to see how Rose handles this. Being champ again, the Being expectations. Being champ again and handling, you know. Not not her biggest foe. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know what that who that yeah, is. Yeah, no longer ranked anymore. So um, sorry. See you later. So yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, how she handles it, and um, the pressure is if huge. Her fight strategy changes. Pressure is huge for that yeah. one. Um, and because I I'm waiting to be impressed by her. Okay, I know she's all right. got this skills. Is, this is ridiculous. Now, I know she's doing? got skills. I'm waiting can, to be impressed by fight, her. But I, she's I, won the title twice. I just I'm sorry. <laughs> As I an just, underdog, both times. Okay. I'm right. ready to see the war and to see how she. She's uh, beaten Joanna in a war. Like we we had that tape. The second Joanna fight was five rounds of just chaos, and she won again. Okay. Okay. So she doesn't down. get dropped on her head. She's undefeated. One of the greatest of all time. All right. And the last fight is Usman and Covington. The rematch. Please be. Please dispose of this Joker. I'm tired of Covington's antics and just his whole. I, well, I see why you say that. I'm gonna just throw one thing out. This was the only tough fight left. This is a rematch that didn't happen because a rematch was deserved. It's because there's nobody left to fight. Covington being on the sidelines, though, for all this time, basically, I actually don't think that suits him well. No. And I would say, look, Usman cleans him up, wins wins in any method probably, but definitely convincingly. That's it for Covington. The title shots end. He probably fights like Masvidal or something at some point. But there's nobody else other than maybe uh, Chimea for Usman to fight. He will have cleaned out the entire division more than once, lapping people, as he says. And he will put himself in the discussion for greatest, one of the greatest of all time. Will this be his fourth defense? Where is he at? Masvidal twice, Colby, uh, uh, Burns. So this would be five. Okay, that's pretty major. Right? Five? That's, that seems Might right. be more than that, actually. I have to look. It's at least five. I don't know if he fought who he fought directly after Woodley, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, he's. Oh, that's that's where Colby goes after. He's this. already no Woodley. He goes to Triller. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Wow. He can Colby really wins rounds though. There. So this is what's fascinating about this fight. The first time they fought, they didn't wrestle at all. They just started sure. striking, and that was the first time. You say wait to be impressed by uh, Rose. Rose. I say that was the first time Usman really impressed me. Because that was when he kind of started to shed the, and then Burns, he finished him like he, okay, this guy can do more than just right, that. Right, and that was wrestler versus wrestler. And it was great because that they're like, both of those guys can prevent my takedown. Let's start, start throwing. So I hope we see that fight again. Yeah. Colby can win rounds, though. I think this is shaping up for a finish, though, because there's so much bad blood that I think somebody, probably Colby, is going to get a little too aggressive and get stopped again. Um, I'm not picking I can against see that happening. I'm not picking against Usman because he's just been too good and it's something I need to see. But Colby could, I, I would say, 30% chance he wins this fight, which is more than I would give anybody else in the division. Yeah. 
I would I would go with that. You know. I mean, he can get wild and crazy and maybe sneak up on him. So you're picking all. So are, do you have any upsets here? Are you gonna say Rose loses? I'm I I'm not gonna say she okay. loses. You spend I mean, Rose. I, I'll go Chandler and upset. But you got Gaethje. Yeah. Oh, Gaethje all, all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Frankie Edgar retires. Is he leaving Frankie his gloves Edgar in the retires. octagon? Yes. Okay. Maybe right in, maybe in the uh, Megan O'Leary interview after the fight, he takes his gloves off. Okay, um, that's pretty much it. Well, thanks for co- coming on and talking UFC. Any any other you know predictions? Things looking at the end of the year. Lioness baby photos. We're like it's like a toddler <sighs> photo now. I predict that baby probably gets COVID before the end of the year again. Is Nina fighting? I don't know. Nina's beating who? Uh, what's her name? Back into the octagon. <laughs> She well, gave birth in the, the uh, not Aspen Lad. Who, who is it? Not Tisha Torres. Not oh my gosh, Nina. why am I blanking yeah. on this? The girl that we thought was going to be good. Suarez, is that right? Oh, Tatiana? Tatiana. Where has she been? <laughs> she didn't have a baby. She just had no, injury after no, injury. No, we made that joke that Nina gave birth oh. and made it back before. But Jennifer, thank you for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Thank we'll you. see how right or wrong we are. That's it for this week's episode of The Money Mitch Effect. Big thanks again to Matt Wittenberg and Jennifer Hanna. And shout out to the Atlanta Braves, World Series champs, first time in 26 years. Solar, Freddie Freeman, Dan, Dansby Swanson. I think I even saw Jack Peterson drinking a little wine. Shout out to them. And uh, if you like the episode of The Money Mitch Effect, if you like this episode, you can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and check out The Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. I'm on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. We'll be back next week to keep tabs on the NFL season, the college football playoff chase, hockey season going, and basketball, of course, is going as well. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.